0: And I've called this message as an eagle, but the first two scriptures that he gave me that led to this thing were about us belonging to him, being his people. And the first one is Psalm 100, verse 3. We are the people, his people, and the sheep of his pasture. We belong to him. Do you know you belong? Matthew twenty three thirty seven. how often, this is Jesus crying out to Jerusalem, how often would I have gathered your children together as a mother hen gathers her brood under her wings and you refused. His heartbeat is to gather us together to himself. The main scripture that all that led to as I was praying and I just felt this love that He has for you. Honestly, I was just crying because He so much wants you to get it and He wants you to understand the depth of His love for you. This love that has no bounds. And this passage is in Deuteronomy 32. If you want to follow, that's that's great. I've got it all up on the screen as well. And we're really coming in on verse 11, but this is really important, these key things at the beginning. Is this pinging? Is that okay? So, verse 9. For the Lord's portion is His people. The Lord's Portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. He found him in a desert land in the howling void of the wilderness. And he kept circling around him. This is where the eagle comes in. He scanned him penetratingly. An eagle has this amazing sight that can see from a long, long way. And it focuses in on its prey and it won't let go. It fixes its eyes. And that's what Father God has done with us. He's fixed his eyes on us. And then it says he kept him as the apple of his eye. Now, this is not my main message, but I I need to tell you something about this. We think of an apple of our eye as being an apple in our eye. (laughs) I, I don't know what you think apple of your eye means. But what I'd like you to do is get close enough so you can look in someone's eye. Can you do that now? Yep, get you gazing into each other's eyes. The word that is translated apple is actually little doll, pupil, a little doll, a little man in your eye. So what you see when I look at Debbie, what I see in her eyes is myself. We are the apple of his eye. When God looks At us, he sees himself. Someone needs to hear that tonight. Do you realize that he sees himself when he looks at you? And he is gazing intently. He knows you. And he loves you in an all-consuming way. Did anyone feel a little awkward looking in someone's eyes? There's this sense that we kind of let people in. But he gazes at us, deep into us. And he sees himself. Here's the main scripture, verse 11. As the eagle stirs her nest. We're going to look a little bit at how eagles operate. That word, um, well, I'll go into the word in a minute. I just need to explain a little bit about these eagles and what they do when they make their nests, okay? They find a really high place. Now, often it will be on a cliff side so that they have no fear of predators getting at them. So they will fly in, but no one will be able to get at them from above or beneath, and they'll have... A rock at their back, and that's the, the very safest place for them to build their, ne- their nest. And these amazing creatures—they mate for life, and they will build this nest the first time um, they use it, and then they'll go back year after year after year. Very often, sometimes they use more than one, but very often they're building on top of last year's nest. Now they the The dad is the one that goes and selects the place. Does this need to be adjusted? Yeah, okay. Um, So dad goes in, finds the ideal place that's going to be safe, right? And he wants it high. He wants to be able to see out over the territory around him. And he puts, first of all, he gets thorns. And he puts them on the bottom. And then he goes after that, and he gets the, the twigs and the branches, some quite big branches sometimes, and that's put on next. And then it's softer things like leaves. And then there's another layer of thorns, and another layer, and it goes on. And the very last thing that Dad does is he starts plucking out a few of his feathers, and he starts lining it. And then Mum goes in there. And before she starts laying her eggs, she pulls out the downy downy feathers from her chest. And she's lining this nest because she wants the eggs to be on something soft and she wants the little babies to be in a soft place. So we just need to flip back one if we can, Michael. There's our, it's hard for you to see, but there is down all in that um, nest there. That's the wee chick come out, and of course he's covered in down. Doesn't have any flight feathers, it's just down at that point. Now, what happens, this reference is not about building the nest, it's about stirring the nest. Now the word to stir is to arouse, to wake from sleep, and provoke, opening the eyes. In fact, it's almost identical to the other one that sounds exactly the same, which means naked and exposed. That doesn't sound like our loving mother and father. So what is going on? Well, quite an amount of time has gone on, actually, because the the eggs have been laid, they've hatched, and these babies have now grown. So they're no longer covered just with downy feathers. And the, both the parents have been feeding them. They've been coming in with meals all the time. They've been tearing up the food that they've brought them in, into little pieces and actually feeding them beak to beak. But now these chicks have grown a bit more um, feathers. And the next slide will show you the, the, the next These are the grown-up, they're ugly-looking dudes, really, aren't they? This stage, they don't really have flight feathers, but they're getting there. They're on their way. But if you notice that nest, it doesn't really have any down. And this is what is happening: these chicks are growing up, and these guys are growing their um, flight feathers. They're not the stirring up of the nest doesn't happen until they've got flight feathers, right? And what it's doing is removing the comfort and the these nests. If we go to the next slide, this is what a nest looks like. Well, that's several meters tall. That's obviously one that's been used several years in a row, and it's right nestled into that cliff face. So there's nowhere to go. Like there's no little ledge really to hop onto. If you're out of the nest, you're in big trouble. Yeah? So this nest has been their world since day one. In fact, at the beginning, when they first were born, the nest that they would have been so little they wouldn't have been able to see over the top at all. So their whole world was made up of Maybe a sibling or two, maybe. Sometimes they have three. Maybe they were just alone. And their parents. And this nest. And all the soft furnishings were in place. And as they've grown, and they grow very, very quickly, but they're in their nest for, I think, something like three months. So as far as birds go, they do have a long time in their nest. But as they grow, they're starting to get sight of something outside of their nest. But they're incapable of doing anything. Or so they think. And these funny feathers are starting to be produced. And I don't know, has anyone ever raised a baby bird, like from a naked baby bird? I have. We had um three starlings, one didn't make twenty four hours, but two of them survived, and so we got them when they were absolutely naked. They were probably only a day or two old. They were um doing demolishing in the school, and I happened to come into the office when the builders came in and said, "We don't know what to do with this, and no one knew what to do i said i'll take them," and rang up the s p c a a and you know there's ways to look after them, dark places, warm, so they were in a Insulated picnic bag on top of our um, in their nest in a in a cardboard box on top of our airing um, warming cupboard you know hot water cylinder and we had to feed them and so we watched the development of these little babies in fact I took them to work um, where I teach and in between lessons the children would help me um, feed these baby birds chopped up worms and stuff like that. And I saw this going from naked, really ugly dudes, eh? completely naked and all you see is this massive beak and it's open all the time and it's complaining all the time. And and then they get a bit of downy stuff. And then these weird things come out, they're like tubes. and They don't look like feathers, they're tubes, these hollow tubes. And then the feathers kind of come out the end of the hollow tube and that's how they start to get covered. And they do look really weird. And so this has happened in these chicks, okay? And they've got these funny things that have been poking out and and the, the long flight feathers have started to grow and develop. So something's happening. And mum needs, and dad needs to get them to go on to the next step. And it's getting really uncomfortable. Because you know how we had those layers of thorns and all that stuff? When they remove those upper layers of the leaves and stuff, guess what's sticking up? It's the thorns. And that's really uncomfortable. So they are trying to get a message across, right? (laughs) That there's more. And you're going to explore the world outside of the nest. And remember, this scripture is a description of God. Interesting. So, we have to realize that God actually is the one that's done the disturbing quite deliberately. So why? Why has he done this? When we go through stuff and it feels like all our comfort has gone the thing we have to be really careful with is that we don't misinterpret it and say that well you know Satan's having a good old go and, and, um, and God doesn't love me anymore because it's really really easy to do that because we are in this mindset where we've only ever known love We've only even known the side of love, should I say, that feeds us all the time. That tears up our food for us. But already the parents are not tearing up the food now. Because these big chicks have got the beak to do it. And so they're having to tear up their own food. It's a bit rough. And then about this time... When the parents are really, it's time to go, guys, they stop giving them the food so often. It's like, what's with that? I'm not getting fed exactly when I'm i feeling a little hungry. That's not fair. I think you get it. So when we're disturbed, I think we need to realize that we need to look to God And not to these circumstances and not interpret it in this wrong way. It can be and will be uncomfortable. It will be unknown. It'll be painful. It will feel like we're unloved. There'll be a lack of food. There'll be a lack of protection from the elements. I wonder why that is. When the babies are covered with down... If they get wet, there's a big problem there. Because down feathers are not meant to protect from water. But now that they have their flight feathers, they are made to be waterproof. And they have to come into their understanding that they have the capacity to cope with the elements. These are eagles after all. They're going to be out on the wind. They're going to be out in the storm. we can feel out of control. It's a really big one. We can feel like nothing works anymore. Nothing is satisfying us anymore. What we used to feed on is being withdrawn. And we start complaining. Maybe, just maybe, if we paused, we would find that what has been withdrawn has been a resource that's in something outside of God himself. And God is calling us to have him as our resource. So he's preventing fatal lethargies that destroy. This nest is not our permanent home. If we feel too comfortable here, how will we be prepared for eternity? That's the real deal. You see, it's the other side of love that we don't see. We don't want to see. Because the comfortable downside of love is really easy. Everything's laid on. But this is a much more powerful love. Because this is the love that comes up and lifts up and allows us to grow into all that we were meant to be. If we stay in the other place, we will never grow up. And in fact, it would be cruel. It would not be love. It would be cruelty to keep us in a place where we're confined, when we're too big for it. He has got a much greater plan for us. He doesn't see us as the little weak things that we sometimes see ourselves. We don't sometimes realize we've got these wings, but he does. He doesn't see us immature. He sees us mature. He doesn't see us cowering and afraid, but he sees us soaring, no matter what the situation. He has given us all we need to be strong strong. And mature and unafraid. We need to see ourselves the way he does. We have waterproof feathers now, not down. We can withstand some stuff. In fact, we can enjoy withstanding some stuff. Have you seen how they fly? They swoop, they dive, they, when, when they're Courting, they they play games. The the female gets a stick and she takes it up to a certain well, really high, and she throws it, and the male has to swoop down and get it and take it back up to her. And then she comes down a little lower, she lets it go, and he has to swoop and get it down. And she's watching to see what his capacity is. He's testing here. This sounds great to me. And he comes down to like like 500 feet or so, drops it, and he's got to be really, really quick. They have an awful lot of fun, and then they once they decide that yeah, this is a good mate, yeah. Remember, this is a lifelong partnership they're making. They grab hold of each other's talons and they whirl and twirl all the way from the top of the sky down to the bottom until they just about hit the ground, and then they're up again. They are having a good time. What would have happened if they'd stayed in the nest? They would have never experienced that. That is what is in the heart of God when he's making things uncomfortable. In this point, when the pressure is on, it is so easy to feel overwhelmed by what it is. And I'm not taking away from the reality of it. And this is just easy and just step out. This is real stuff that happens and it breaks us. It's meant to break us. But can I encourage you, this is something I've learned over time, that when the pressure comes on a specific area, now is the time for your deliverance in that specific area. Grasp hold of that. Don't say, I feel stink and I'm hopeless, and I can't do anything, say, God, you must be putting your finger on something because now's my time for release. The next thing that happens, number two in this amazing scripture, it says that she flutters as an eagle flutters over her young. Now this word, means to brood and to cherish. It's the same word, and I found this out, it only occurs three times in the Bible, and two times it's talking about God. It's the same word used in Genesis 1. The earth was without form and an empty waste, and darkness was upon the face of the very great deep, the Spirit of God was moving, hovering, brooding over the face of the waters. Just going to put this out there, that could the first picture of God be as an eagle hovering over the unformed earth before making this nest? In the global sense, is he again hovering over this nest, this world, because it's going to pass away? And he wants us to be expecting and ready and looking for the new. Just a thought. Very powerful image. We were birthed out of that hovering, that fluttering. I want you to see the next slide, which is literally a mother bird hovering, and she's about three feet or so up. You can see the youngster on the bottom there on the left-hand side. And she's just hovering above. So what is this hovering about? This is a reassurance. And I really feel that in this time, right now, that God wants to reassure you of His love. The mother eagle has made things uncomfortable. And this doesn't always happen because sometimes the eaglets are real keen to get going. But if they're not, she has to help them on their way. And she can be pushing them towards the edge of the nest. And she can, maybe, they're going to need a little shove. And it's like she pauses and she flutters over them as if to reinforce the message, I know I've disturbed you, and in a moment I'm going to do something you won't understand, but remember, I am your mother. And God is wanting us to know that he may not necessarily explain the disturbance, but he will and is reassuring us of himself and of his love. Sometimes real brokenness means that we find it impossible to see that change is possible. And we are overwhelmed by our inadequacy. There is somewhere to go. There is somewhere to focus on if that is the case if you just feel like you just can't believe that there is going to be changes possible, if we can just lift our eyes and look at his nature of unfailing love, that love that it talks about in 1 Corinthians 13, that never gives up, that always believes, This is the love that he sees when he looks you in the eye and he sees himself. For me, there have been many a time when I haven't had the faith, but I have hung on to the fact that he has the faith. He believes in me. And if he says it's possible, I can step out onto that. Do you see where I'm coming from? This is faith that's outside of our feelings, it's outside of our understanding, and it's outside of our previous experience. But it is based solidly on the rock of his word and his nature. And that is where we find life and we find freedom. Because when it's based on this other stuff that he's trying to free us from, we're up and down like a yo-yo. And it doesn't build our faith. But when he is our only source and our only resource, then we start to fly. Because that's actually the way he created us. So, the question is, will we trust him and draw from the knowledge that he has the best in mind for us? Or will we insist on leaning on our limited understanding? So, the knowing of him, this fluttering is an expression of I am your mother. I am here. I love you. The knowing of him, is to empower us for everything that's to come. It's to be our only source, our only resource. And remember I said that possibly, just possibly, what he's trying to dislodge us from is dependency on other sources and resources. So it's hands off that. But not just into a void of nothingness, it's hands into Him. It is very real. This is, this is not just a nice idea. I have proven this in my life. And ongoing, it still is happening. That I have to make a choice to let go of what I think I know. What I think I understand. And come to Him. just him be my source not anyone else not one someone else's opinion just him the third thing that happens is that he spread it says he spread abroad his wings and took them now this is another really interesting thing I didn't expect to see in this when you look at that word for wings it actually means a covering and a protection, and there is a reference in it to the coverlet, what they call a cover, marriage cover, marriage bed cover, okay? That is in Ruth. I thought this was fascinating. That you, you may know the story of Ruth, and she lost her husband and all the rest of it. Anyway, they had this thing that the nearest of kin would then marry the widow and she went to Boaz and she was instructed by her mother-in-law um, to go and wash herself and prepare herself, put on her best clothes, go down to the threshing floor because they were in harvest time and don't make herself known to the man until he'd finished eating and drinking. But when he lies down, notice the place that he lies down, they must have all kind of spread out on the threshing, threshing floor I suppose. Big Mariah, I guess. Um, Then go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. And it says in verse 9 of chapter 3 in Ruth, he said, who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your maidservant. Spread your wing of protection, it says in my version, or the corner of your garment. means the same thing, over your maidservant, for you are next of kin. Now that puts a whole new thing on there, doesn't it? He spread aboard his wings and took them. Wow. Anyway, back to the eagle. The parent shows the awakened eagles the purpose of their wings by demonstration. That's what this is. Spreading it out. Because when they spread out, like, they have to be high above the, the, the nest because the eagle, the wings are going to be too big when they spread out. Eagle's wings are really long. And the parent is demonstrating, this is what these things are for. Go on, let's have a play with these things. You know? So, God is, is doing that with us. He is showing us. He's demonstrating. And you see, if our focus is on him now, because we've taken our eyes off the nest and the toys that have gone, we're starting to learn. Jesus said this, Be yoked to me. Learn from me. Walk with me. And this is this beautiful thing that's shown in this passage. So we step out. And I'll go into this a little bit later, but we're going to learn to catch the thermal updrafts like the parent eagle does. And that's a whole different way of living. Okay, so the young fledging here here he is, trying out his wings. Whoa! Holding on to me. <laughs> It's pretty scary stuff but it's like really exciting at the same time. You know like and you know they have to do this a lot and they do a lot of jumping around on the side of the nest or in the nest and they jump up and down and try and get flapping and and there's a lot of jumping and around for quite a number of days. Why? Because they have flight muscles and the flight muscles have to be made strong like they've never used them before so before they really set out they really have to practice and that that's a lot of this jumping up and down and stuff happens so muscle muscle strength for them is built through practice and it's exactly the same with us our faith muscle is built through practice we have to activate we can't sit passively in there You're saying feed me another meal I'm hungry. That's those were those days. No more. We've got our own wings and there's things to explore, things to do. And we each one of us have a measure of faith. We have been given these wings. But the wings don't come fully developed. They don't come with a fully muscled, you know, good strong muscle tone. Actually, they have to be used. And faith will not grow if you don't activate it. It's not a passive kind of just let me have it, Lord. It's not like that. So we have to activate faith. We have to walk intentionally. These are just some of the ways that I've found that help my faith to grow. Walking intentionally with others who are growing in him. We've got to be brave and step out on what we hear him say. And for each one of us, it doesn't matter how long we've been walking with God, there's going to be something new, isn't there? Always we're activating, always we're growing faith. It never, We never arrive. And that's what's so fun about being a Christian. We never stop growing. There's always things new to discover. We have to be really careful that we're not afraid of making mistakes. Just do it. Have a go. How do we learn? Very often it's by doing the wrong thing first time, but we'll never do it again. I mean, don't feel like you've got to have it all sorted before you start to activate. It's just not real. I'm talk. i a violin teacher, right? I talk to my students... You must be free to make a mistake. And then you, you hear that, you analyze it and you think, oh, that wasn't so good, so, correct. All the time that's happening. That's just real reality. Otherwise you'd never pick up the instrument. Keep pressing forward. This is so important. Do not retreat. The only way back is to be a little, a little chick and you're not a little chick anymore. So we can only go forward. Small steps of obedience will make you grow. And this is a really big one. Don't mix your diet. Especially don't mix it with unbelief and fear or shrinking back. Be careful who you're listening to at this time. Be careful where you're feeding yourself. Constantly feed on his word and rely on his Holy Spirit. And rejoice and I mean rejoice in the truth that he sees you soaring with him, and let that empower you. See that's sight when when the eaglets see the the, the parent over them, that gives them sight to say, "They're doing it. I must be able to do it. They've never seen themselves fly before. We must have our sight on what he sees, not on our stuff. Honestly, leave it behind. It's just going to hold you down. Look at what he sees about you. Look at how he sees you. It will set you free. And the last thing that comes up in this verse 11 is he bore them on his pinions. And this is really interesting. You hear stories that, that means that, you know, the eagle, eaglet gets thrown out and the eagle comes down and he carries them up and there's been a couple of sightings of that. But actually when you look at the word pinion, it's not a wing, it's a flight feather. And it says, with which eagles soar, distinguished from the, the wing itself. So it's not so much about him carrying us, but it's that he's got secrets that he's given us on how to fly. But in this we need to really, really know that we are not alone and we are not abandoned. That is key. He remains with us and teaches us how to live by faith, how to fly. He is in this process with us. These eagles are the most devoted parents, and when their young are fledging, which is the process of starting to fly, I had to teach our little fella um, how to fly. And it was like, you know, take them outside and show them this is a worm, and it was fun. It really was. And then eventually, you know, when I saw that they had the wings, I'd get them on my my per, my make my finger a perch, and I up and down and up, get the wind in their wings, and eventually they go, whoo, like this, and they would hop onto something, it wouldn't be too high, and eventually they were flying up onto the roof, and then back again, and all sorts, and um, the one that survived the whole lot, the one got frightened by the cat, and oh dear. Anyway, uh, but the last one, (laughs) the last one we released... We went up to El Rancho for Christmas and, um, met, I was thinking El Rancho's a lovely safe place, no cats there. Put it out in the middle of this lawn and there was like three or four cats came around the outside them, just looking at this bird and the bird was going, oh hello, ah nice friends. Had no idea about danger, so I thought, oh not the place to, to do this. So we met someone, this was Christmas. And um someone whose grandparents lived down the road and he looked after birds. So he had these little nesting things under his veranda and everything like that. So um our little birdie spent Christmas Eve on their Christmas tree and then on Christmas Day he made him a special little place. And a week later he'd flown away with some other starlings and happy days. So anyway, there's the happy story. <laughs> but um this process was taught, yeah. They don't they didn't actually know how to fly. I had to teach them that. Um, so anyway, he's having to teach us, yeah, and the cool thing is that we see some some keys in in this process when we look a little bit at the eagle, okay so the the amazing thing about an eagle is that it has incredible strength, very high strength, but its weight is not very high. I think proportionately. What they do, they compared it to an aeroplane, it was like five, ten times stronger than what an aeroplane has, you know, their weight to strength, whatever. Um, Sorry, I didn't go that that way this time. Um, So their total weight's about 10 to 11 kgs, but their flight muscles, you know, these things that they're practicing to get stronger, they make up about half of that amount of weight. And then they've got over 7,000 feathers and they only weigh 600 grams. that's pretty outstanding. When you think of how many feathers are on that bird, that's not where the weight is. And this is the key. The flight feathers are incredibly strong. They're made out of keratin, which is the stuff that our fingernails are made out of animal claws beaks and stuff like that and they are hollow and a lot of the eagles bones are hollow as well um and you know what a feather's like everyone's seen a feather and you can pull it apart and it's got those fun little hooks It's about 350,000 hooks on each of these flight feathers that's a lot isn't it that they've all got to be hooked and meshed together and they make this one smooth sur- surface and they're waterproof. So I see, as, as I was looking at this and thinking, what is this, what are you trying to say? And I felt like he was saying, you know, your faith is a bit like a feather. And it's hollow. And it'll only work if it's hollow. And the reason that it's hollow, that it's not all gunged up with you. It's Very simple. It's when I'm gunged up with my own self-reliance that I can't get off the ground. Isn't it? Haven't people experienced that? (laughs) So there's an emptiness of self-reliance and faith is just in him. It's very strong and it's made of the stuff of his word. That's what the keratin is. You know, we're just like this hollow tube that we're made of what he said. And this is the way for us to progress and learn. We've heard the expression, water off a duck's back. Well, we could say water off an eagle's back just as easily because their feathers are waterproof too. And they're waterproof because of this meshing system. And they're waterproof because of an oily um, substance that they put on it. And you will have seen them preening. Um, Birds will always preen, and they've got these little preening glands at the back base of their tail. And so they preen in there, and they get some of the oil in their their beaks, and then they like they comb through the feathers. And that is the maintenance that is happening every day. That preening is not about making ourselves look good. It's had connotations of that in our modern language. But preening is about maintaining this waterproof, um, the, the structure of the wing that all those hooks are all hooked together and it's covered with the oil so that each of these feathers are exactly in alignment and they're going to take us where, where we need us to be taken. And so the, This speaks of daily abiding in Him, allowing His Holy Spirit to come and cleanse us and coat us again. Being built up in the strength of the feathers is built up by the Word of God. Very cool, isn't it? The last thing is just the first part of the next verse, it said, So the Lord alone led them. No other God, the Lord alone. So we can't dispute that this is the way that God leads us, whether we like it or not. But I think you'll agree, that does stirs in my heart. Because I know his care is not just so that I will feel good, it's so that I will grow and mature and come into freedom and start living as he does. The eagles ride the thermals. The thermals are the updrafts that happen close to cliffs. And they've got an amazing way. You see a lot of birds, flap, 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 flap. But an eagle will... It'll get on its high perch and it'll just sit there. And it's got this amazing sensitivity for the wind. And then after a while you'll see it slightly raise its wing. Like this, like it's testing to see how strong the updraft is. And then it'll just go out. And it just literally spreads its wings and up it goes. And they head, you know, they've got these amazing membranes, two membranes, and The inner membrane they can close and actually look at the sun. If they are chasing a prey that's, you know, between them and the sun, they can actually look directly at the sun, unlike humans. And they live in that realm. But they're taken up, you know, people have gone gliding up to thousands of feet high and they have seen eagles up there on the, on these thermals. This is the way they, they can go for miles. And they lock their wings. They just lock them in and they go. And they're totally at rest. See, this is the way of the Holy Spirit. This is the way of living by the Spirit of God. And He is, He's drawing us and calling us into this. More and more, we're learning to catch the wind of the Spirit. To find what God is doing. And enter it, it's a totally different way than flap, 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 God, you better come on, my deal. <sighs> this is the way of the eagle as an eagle. He's given us this picture for a reason John five nineteen This is Jesus, this is Jesus, the Son of God, saying, the Son is able to do nothing of himself of his own accord but he is able to do only what he sees the father doing for whatever the father does is what the son does in the same way in his turn and see the motivation the father dearly loves the son and discloses and shows to him everything that he does himself see Jesus operated on this beautiful the last wee thing Isaiah 40 probably if anyone saw that as an eagle was the title you would have thought she's going to speak about Isaiah 40 because everyone speaks about Isaiah 40 even youths shall faint and be weary and young men shall feebly stumble and feel exhausted That's interesting, why I wonder if they've been working in the spirit or working in the flesh just a thought, but those who wait for the Lord shall change and renew their strength and power They shall lift up their wings, and it's the word for flight feathers. And mount up to the sun. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. The word to wait upon means to bind together by twisting. And I love this quote. It has less to do with our awaiting God's delivery of something we need, even when he has promised it, and more to do with him awaiting our decision to continue serving him regardless of what happens next. Interesting. It's about surrender. It's about this hollowness, empty of self-reliance. I wonder if that's why the youths were getting weary. Because they hadn't come into this way of living and moving and having our being in Him. And it's really interesting to me that our entwining with God causes us to soar like eagles first. And that is what empowers our day-to-day walking and running. So often we try and do the walking and the running, and then every once in a while we'll go for a fill-up, you see? It's a whole shift in mentality. I don't want to belong to the band of white knuckles anymore. I want to belong to the eagles. So what is our response? You'll know in your heart what God's been speaking to you about. And you need to take that to him. That can I encourage you not to be afraid? That's really the guts of what I felt God wanted. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, even though you don't understand. Know that I love you. That I have my hand on you. Learn to rely on his love, as he has revealed it to you tonight, and I believe he will have. Start to rely on that. Let that be the the foundation for your being. Trust that he knows best and let go control. Don't be afraid of letting go control. He has given you the wings to use and he has something so much better that you can't fly if you're holding on to something else but you can as soon as you let it go. Step in and he will come and he will show you. Watch and learn. Walk with others. Actively engage your faith. And enjoy the ride. This is exciting. This is such good news that we're not living in this toilsome, I've got to do this. Otherwise, I'm I'm not a good enough Christian. (laughs) Out of this thing of guilt, out of this thing of trying to impress people, wondering what people think, like free of that, and free to walk with Him, and to be with Him, be loved with Him. It's so simple. And it's so exciting. And it's so much fun. Being here and watching each other. Try out our wings. You know? Love up on people when they're trying out their wings. Let them make some mistakes. You know, encourage and step out yourself. Make sure that every every day that you're stepping out, you're growing, that you're wanting, more, seeking, always pushing forward. Is that good? It's excellent, isn't it? It's cool. Well, this is an eagle for you.